Amen. Well, go ahead and open up your Bibles to Jonah chapter 3. Jonah chapter 3. Um, <clears throat> mentioned this a couple of weeks ago to my youth group is Jonah's uh, one of my favorite characters to preach about. He reminds me a lot of myself, and um, but um, I want to start in verse number one and two. Let's read in Jonah chapter three, verses one and two. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, "Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee." Now, most of us are very familiar with. Jonah, and how God spoke unto Jonah and told him to go to Nineveh and to preach unto them that the Lord is going to destroy that city. And we all know what Jonah did. He fled. He didn't obey the Lord, and he decided he was going to go his own way, and he was going to flee and try to get away from God and get away from Nineveh. But uh, we all know what happened. And the Lord had to get a hold of Jonah, get, get a hold of his heart, and uh, had to change his mindset, change him, and make him submit to the God's will. And so we see here in chapter 3, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying. And so we see here that Jonah's getting a second chance. Uh, for the lost person out there in this world, the Lord is offering this lost world a second chance. All right. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die for their sins. Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of the whole world. Now it's up for them to make a choice to accept that sacrifice. They're getting a second chance to have fellowship with God. And we as Christians, so many times, we mess up. And I thank God we have a God of second chances. And that's what I'm going to be preaching on tonight, is a God of second chances. And you know what happens is uh, we'll either say yes and submit to God's will and do what he asks us to do, or we can run away from it, act like God never called me, God never told you what to do. Or you could sacrifice something else. Maybe the Lord wants something from you, and you're like, well, uh, instead of giving up this, Lord, I'll give you this. Or... Uh, a bunch of you will just uh, do a bunch of good things for the, in the name of God and in the name of the Lord, and hopefully you can try to get rid of your guilty conscience for not doing the thing that God told you to do to begin with. And uh, one of the quotes that uh, I remember, and my wife has it written down in her Bible, is uh, by our good friend Joel Dare, and he quoted and he said, A flurry of good works often follows a man who just said no to God. And so many times it's, you know, you, when you say no to the Lord and he wants something and he wants you to do something and you know what to try to make up for telling him no, you just try to go out and do a bunch of different things and try to cover it up. But that's, that's as negative as we're going to get tonight. <laughs> um, because I want to preach on the goodness of God and that we have a God of second chances 
and why we have that God. So I'm gonna, it's going to be more an uplifting and giving praise to our God tonight, um, that we have a God and we have the ability to have second chances, and what a great God we serve. Let's pray, and we'll get right into it. Lord, I thank you so much for this night. I thank you so much that you're a merciful God. Lord, I thank you so much that uh, you sent your son to die on the cross for my sin. And that I accepted that. Lord, I was able to get saved at a young age. Lord, I thank you so much for that second chance. Lord, I just pray that you would be lifted up high tonight. Lord, you would receive all the glory that you're due. I pray that you would just guide my heart, guide my thoughts. Lord, help me to preach exactly what you'd have me to say. Lord, I love you and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's not going to be very long tonight. Um, I know everybody says that, but uh, it's true. Uh, I know I'm usually a little bit more long-winded, but uh, Lord willing, tonight that won't be the case. But the first thing is God is merciful. A God of, we have a God of second chances because God is merciful. We have a, we have a God as full of mercy. Turn over to Psalms chapter 100. Psalms chapter 100 in, in your Bible. And we're just going to take a look of a, at a couple of things of just how merciful our God is. And um, I'm so thankful that we have a merciful God because if you're honest with yourself, you need that mercy every day. And in Psalms chapter 100, verse 5, Psalm 100, verse 5 says, For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. He, he is full of mercy. And uh, because of that mercy, he stayed that punishment of hell on us, and he put that, that punishment of hell on his son. He took his wrath out upon his son on the cross because he wanted to have mercy on you. He wanted to have that mercy on you. Uh, God, just as God had mercy on Jonah, God gave Jonah that second chance, and instead of having him thrown overboard in that ship and drowning, which he deserved, he, should, he could have drowned and he should have drowned. But God gave him a second chance, and he sent a whale his way and swallowed him up to give him a second chance because our God is full of mercy. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 in your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 2, look at verses 4 and 5. And just, because, just the same God that was merciful to Jonah, that same God showed mercy on you. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4. Uh, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us. Together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. Because of his great love wherewith he loved us, because he's rich in mercy, he sent his son to die for our, for our sins, to give us a second chance to have fellowship with him forever. We have a God of second chances, and our God is merciful. Number two, God is patient. Amen. God is patient. Turn over to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Uh, patience is one of the hardest things, I think, for any human being, any person alive on this earth. Patience is one of the things that we are constantly working on. Uh, we, especially in a day and age where we live, where technology increases and gets better and better to make things more efficient, more time-saving. Why? Because we're not patient. 
Why are there so many loans out there in the world to, uh, to buy cars, to buy mattresses, to buy houses? There, you can get a loan for anything. Why? Because people aren't patient. They want it now. And uh, our God is a patient God. He doesn't take his wrath out on, on you immediately. He's patient with you. Uh, we look at Jonah, Jonah, and he had three days and three nights in the belly of the whale. He had three days. Like he, he was in there for three days, and the Lord was patient with him until Jonah got his heart right with the Lord. But in Romans 15, verse number 5, it says, Now the God of patience and consolation grant to you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. We're supposed to be like-minded like him, like our God of patience. We ought to have patience. Just as God has patience with you, he, he expects you to have patience with each other. He expects you to have patience with this lost world, with these people who are out there to do you wrong. We have a patient God. He gives you a space for repentance. Amen? All right? It's very far and few between where the wrath of God comes swinging down on you. You have a, you have a, a space for repentance. The Lord is patient with us, and I thank God for that. And I think of, uh, we won't turn there, and we won't read it for uh, the sake of time, but in 1 Kings chapter 19, and we, God's dealing with Elijah, when Elijah's getting depressed and uh, he's going and hiding because he's afraid for his life. All right, the, the queen's after him. She's going to try to kill him and he gets afraid. After all the great things that God had done, the fire coming down from heaven, consuming the sacrifice and, and, and killing all, all the worshipers of Baal and all the different things that had happened and he got to see and, and what God had done, but then he got afraid because a, a queen... A woman said that she wanted to take his life, and he fled. And you know what? He fled, and, and he sat under a juniper tree, and you know what? God still gave him some meat to eat, and he let him sleep. And, he, and then the angel touched him again, and he got to eat and went 40 days and 40 nights, and the Lord still had patience with him. Then he went and hid in the cave, and the Lord dealt with him in the cave, and the Lord still had patience with him, and had patience with him to send him out on one more commission one more commission. And the Lord was long-suffering, and he was patient with Elijah. And I just thank God, just as he didn't give up on him and didn't, uh, was patient with him, that God doesn't give up on us. God doesn't give up on us. He's patient with us. Uh, he lets us, listen, we, if we are honest with ourselves, we know we need to be in his book more. We need to be praying more. We need to be better soul winners. We need to be better Christians. And he's patient with us. He is patient with us. How many times do we not listen to God when he tells us to do something? How many times where he's spoken to you and says, hey, why don't you talk to that person about me today? Hey, why don't you give that person a gospel track today? Hey, why don't you do a kindness? Why don't you pay for this person's lunch? And they'll be like, why would you do something like that? Or why don't you just dress a little bit nicer today? Why don't you do something a little bit different that makes you stand out? And all that is is going to draw up a question in someone's mind. Hey, why did that person do that for me? And then you can tell them, you know what, because I wanted to be a blessing, because there's, there's one in heaven who sent his son to die on the cross for my sins, and he told me, I need, just as he imparted his love and his blessings upon me, I wanted to be a blessing to you and just open the door. 
And the Lord is just patient with us. And he's, if you're just willing to submit and be willing to do what he wants you to do. How long do we remain in sin before submitting to God? Hmm? How long do we remain in our sin before we submit to God's will? And yet he's patient with us. Number three, God is long-suffering. This is one of those things that just tears me up. It tears me up. Long-suffering, it means long-endurance, patience of offense. Meaning that he's willing to let you continue to hurt him. He is willing to endure being hurt, being offended. Turn over to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. And now it may sound negative. I'm not trying to approach that in a negative way, but just to imagine what a great God we serve that he is long-suffering and he endures pain. He endures those things. Um, Numbers chapter 14, verse 18. says, The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty. Meaning that even though he is being hurt and, and what your sin your sin is, is an offense to him. Your sin is an offense to the Holy Spirit. It's an offense to God. And we need to remember, just the, like the message that we heard on Sundays, that our sin is an offense to God, and it hurts him. But he is long-suffering, and he is patient, and he, and he will take that hurt, allowing you a time, allowing you to get right with him. But it also says he does not clear the guilty, which means that he is long-suffering, but he's righteous and he's just. He will allow it for a time, but there will be a judgment. The guilty doesn't get away with it. You won't get away with your sin forever. He is long-suffering, and he will allow that hurt, but it will be repaid. There will be a judgment, and it will be uh, taken care of. Every sin you commit is, is an offense to him. But he withholds the judgment on you. He with, uh, Lord is long, God is long-suffering to this lost world, but he is withholding his judgment for a time. When they come to him and they submit themselves and they realize that they're a sinner and they need a Savior and they need Jesus Christ and they realize that he is the only way to heaven and they believe on his Son and they trust in that thing, well, then it's taken care of. It's wiped away. But until that time, he's long-suffering. He's long-suffering because there will be a judgment. If they don't accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they're going to meet judgment. Let me ask you this. How long will you let someone continuously to hurt you? We are also to be long-suffering. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1. Just as the Lord is long-suffering, we're also supposed to be long-suffering. But so many times when we get hurt or we get offended, we pretty much will either get bitter or we'll want to take care of it immediately. We don't like being offended. We don't like getting our feelings hurt. First Timothy. 
1 Timothy chapter 1. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16, it says, Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life, to everlasting, life everlasting. So Christ being long-suffering, Jesus Christ being long-suffering, is, so, is making it a pattern for a pattern for who? Who is this pattern for? It's for us. It's for us to take on the characteristics of Jesus Christ. Just as he was long-suffering uh, with the disciples, with us, with this world, and taking upon the sin of the world on him, we are to be long-suffering. How often are we supposed to forgive? Seventy times seven? Man, we <laughs> that's hard. That is hard. But that's what we're supposed to do. That was Jesus Christ's answer. We are to be long-suffering because he is long-suffering to us. God is just. Number four, God is just. Turn to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Look at verses uh, 9 and 10. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. Says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. We have a just God. And God would have been just if he decided to let Jonah drown. He would have been just, and he was just by giving him a second chance. He would have been just if he let Nineveh burn. But they submitted themselves. They humbled themselves and they, because they seek, sought, <laughs> sought his forgiveness. He gave it to them for a time. He stayed the destruction of Nineveh for a time because they repented. But God could have destroyed them. He sent, he sent Jonah there to prophesy to tell them they would be destroyed. But they repented. We have a just God. If you don't accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you will burn in hell for all of eternity. And God is just in doing so. He is a just God. We, if you deserve hell if you do die in your sin. You know, so many times as people, we don't think that, we think that we deserve a lot of good in our life. We believe that we deserve a lot of things, but so many times you don't think that you deserve a lot of bad. But we need to remember where we came from. We are sinners. And this lost world, they are sinners, and they're in rebellion against God. And if they die because they rejected and didn't accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, then they deserve hell. But it's our job to get out there. It's our job to go out there and tell them they don't have to do, go there. They need to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. They deserve hell, yes, but just like you deserved hell, but you got that second chance. You got that second chance. Someone told you about the gospel. Someone told you the good news that, hey, you don't have to go to hell. 
They don't have to go to hell. They need to believe on Jesus Christ. Do you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Then by His blood, you are justified. You have His justification put on you. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Those of us who are saved in here, we've accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. But guess what? There's still going to be a judgment of what you have done for Christ here while you're on this earth. Now, you don't have to go to that great white throne. You're not going to be judged and, and sent to hell. But there's another judgment reserved for you. There's another judgment 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. I'm here to help you to realize the terror of God. You know, the, the job of our pastors is to help us to realize and to, uh, to provoke us unto righteousness, to provoke us to serve the Lord and give the Lord our very best and our very all because there's going to be a judgment someday. And when, what side of that judgment are you going to fall on? Are you going to have something to show the Lord what you did with the sacrifice of his son? This is what you, Lord gave you a second chance. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with your second chance? Are you taking advantage of it? Or are you letting it waste away? I'm so thankful for God of second chances. And I just wanted to give you guys uh, encouraging and try to lift you up and tell you about what a great God we serve and a great God of second chances. But it's also a warning not to waste time, not to mess up that second chance. We need to remember that this world, this world is not like our God. It, this world is not merciful. This world is not patient. It's not long-suffering, and it's not just. And you see that every day. But we serve a God who is all those things and more. But we need to just remember to humble ourselves while we still have that space of repentance. And make sure that we take advantage of our second chance that we have. So let's go out there the rest of this week and just show the mercy of God. Show uh, the patience of God, his long suffering and, how, and his, how just he is. And let's go out there and be the witness that we're supposed to be because we serve a great God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for this night. I thank you so much for these people. I thank you so much for your word. I just pray you'd help us, Lord, as we go our, our separate ways here tonight, Lord, to be the light in this dark world. Show this world what a great God we get to serve. Not have to serve, but we get to. And Lord, I love you. I pray you be with our pastors. Keep them safe. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.